at the news of his death. This is a man that accepted Islam a year before um, the Prophet admitted to Medina because he was living in Yetrim, so he was among the Ansar. Accepted Islam at the hands of Musa ibn when the Prophet sent him as the first ambassador of Islam to Yetrim and he went to preach Islam to them. And when this man accepted Islam, being the Chieftain of his tribe, Banu Abdulashan, it caused the acceptance of Islam. Of, it caused the acceptance of Islam of all his clansmen and his clansmen. And by the time to Medina, they were among those that they sacrificed many of their properties and many things that they had at the disposal of the Prophet and the Muhajimun. And this was due to the fact that they had a chieftain that he loved the religion and he already put it to his heart. This man spent just seven years being a Muslim. And then we ask ourselves, what would they have done within the seven years that would have been so enormous for him to have achieved that great feat when he died? And among the things I would see is that that I would see is his active um, involvement in the among the things that I would see is his active involvement in the expeditions that Prophet Salam all the um, acts that Prophet Salam wanted to perform and we we'll see that he was ready to be actively involved in many of them. Just like the battle of Bad when it was about to take place. The Muslims had the intent of going to um, attack a caravan or Abu Sufyan and they gathered some 300 or 313 men. By the time they went out of the city, they got to they got to hear the news of the Quraysh guarding an army of 1,000 people and they were coming to attack them. So, and when the Prophet Salam knew that oh, this is this matter is settled that instead of meeting the caravan they will have to meet the army now he knew that at this point in time there was nothing he could do so he had to sit with his companions and they had to 
you have to listen to them and hear their advices so he asked them what do you think we should do and the first person stood up and back stood up with them and, and the proposal said that he feels they should fight and they are rightly behind him and next he said what do you think we should do same question also stood up and he gave almost the same speech Prophet said again what do you think we should do at this point people are already confused that two people already talked that the Muslims are ready to fight behind him but yet he kept on asking the same question then the dad stood up and he gave a very beautiful lecture and a very beautiful speech probably thinking how it should be more convincing and it will be more fulfilling and at every point in time when these people talk to us would pray for them and put the last one and Allah bless them and he would ask the question again what do you think we should do so after we that then Sadhu Mu'az got the gist and he realized that oh this the people that have talked now are Mu'ajimun and because Allah keeps asking this question because he wants one of us to talk which is the answer and why is this is because during the covenant of war that the muslim that was had with the answer that was before he migrated the covenant only states that they would defend him from any impending danger that is coming to their city but not is not anywhere in the covenant that they would attack any army or they would fight like would go and attack an offensive battle it is just supposed to be defensive that was all they agreed on so because Rasala wanted to know that are you people actually going to participate in this because it is surely going to be voluntary since it was not part of the covenant that they made at the beginning so when Sadhu Mahal understood this gist he said perhaps you are expecting us to talk and because Rasala said Ajah yes yes he wants them to talk he wants to know their opinion and as an Saad stood up and gave this beautiful speech, he said, Ya Rasulallah, we firmly believe in you and we witness what descends on you is the truth. And we so we have sworn a solemn oath and given you our pledges. So go ahead and do whatever you want. And if you should your last one Allah should send you the truth and tell you to reach the sea and cross it, would cross it with you. And no one of us will stay behind. And we are absolutely ready to go to war against our our enemy tomorrow and we will do everything in our power to make sure that we meet the pleasure of Allah SWT. and that in essence i hope that Allah SWT will make us do what will make you proud of us so go on with whatever is in your mind and Allah SWT bless you this was a very very beautiful and profound speech and it's made because our salam being with joy and was satisfied and happy because at this it was like they were already they were updating their covenants or their treaty with him so this was a very great role that Sadhu Mu'az played and at the day of Badu Prophet Salam made him the head of the answer in the ranks so they marched forth and Allah SWT granted them victory in that battle. On the day of Uhud, after the battle, when everyone has gone back to Medina and people 
hear the news of them losing one of their loved ones and all. It was an habit of the people of, of the women of Arabia that they like to wail over the dead ones. And this wailing is for them is just to ease their pains and all. There they would sing the elegy of those the people that died and they would mention the praises and the, the good things they have done and they would they would just keep doing all these things and saying that this person ought not to have gone. So they would just do all these things to just make sure that their, their pains are gone so they keep waiting and when Prophet Salam entered Medina he saw that almost every household had women that they were waiting for their dead and then he mentioned that <coughs> that sadly Hamza bin Abdul Muttali which is his uncle don't have any woman or any lady that could do this for him and with this album was he understood that the person was sad was sad on the behalf of Hamza bin Abdul and there and then he gathered some women that they should go to the house of Hamza and they should wait for him and shortly after this Abbaswanatala reviewed the um, commandment that willing is not allowed so practically Hamza was like the last person that it was allowed to be ruled upon and the matter of conduct Sad Bumas played another important role as I said he plays his role where the Prophet should be actively involved like especially doing all these major incidents so he played a very active role in this battle and it was very close to his end it happened that when the Muslims agreed to dig a trench just to prevent the army from coming to their, to their land so they already make a pact with the last of the three Jewish tribes in Medina then and they were just the last one was just the last one so they already made a pact with them and they expected that this one would protect the southern part of the city so since they were protecting the other part but then at some point in time some news got to reach the professor salam that these people are planning to break the treaty and they are planning to attack the muslims inside their fort while the muslims are guarding the trench and not allowing the ahzab conflict to, to enter so professor salam when he found out this treacherous scheme because Salam will not just jump to conclusion at the um, instance that he hears the news, so he had to confirm first. So he sent the leader of the house and the leader of the husband was this really like tribes or the major tribes or the major division that was in year three before he came, and surely these things will still be lingering in them. So the leader of the house was Sadumad and the leader of Kosovo was Sadumad and this like automatically happened that they were like leaders of the answer so Sadhu Mawad and Sadhu Mawada and when he sent them to just confirm from the Banu Kwezo if the facts were still intact and all and by the time we got to the photo of the Banu Kwezo they began to have some discussions and all and that's when those people started bringing back the memories because the Banu Kwezo they are kind of allies to the house which is the people of Sadhu 
and they had this like strong bond together so they started bringing back the memories and all and they started mentioning things like they wished that Salam never came to separate them and by that their love and their um, companionship would have still been very great so when they kept on mentioning some of these things then the muslims realized that all oh, these people have actually broken the teeth because they they are like not even interested in the whole talk of the prophet and all again and by the time they asked them they said we did not sign any treaty to combat so it was very clear that they have resulted to touching and they broken the truth so they go back to the prophet salam and they informed him of this new development on a particular day while they were preparing again to go to guard the fort by the time Sal went to meet his mother for some need and when he was going out Aisha Allah was in the tent with his mother and she said that she told his mother that our wish sad had a more appropriate armor to wear. the armor is like what they wear in preparation for one it kind of protects them so he was only wearing the one that could protect his chest um, the part of his chest and all and so he was leaving the ones of his arms exposed so Aisha said that she wished that he could wear a more appropriate armor but then many of the survivors were not that rich that they would afford an armor that could be very appropriate for warfare at that period in time and lo and behold when the <coughs> when the enemy wanted to attack they started shooting arrows and one of the arrow guts or the spear got to um meet sad in like the upper part of his arms so and because there was no armor there so it got to eat him and it caused him to bleed like a whole lot and it became an injury then sad made a very interesting dua that yeah allah if we were to meet or if we were to if the muslims would have to meet the creation in another battle spare my life and allow me witnesses because there is nothing dear to me than fighting against those that have caused pain to cause us alone but if we are we are not going to meet them again then make me die shahid but before that allow me to see what will happen to the people of Banu Kweza so the people of Banu Kweza are the Jewish tribe in Medina that they have broken the treaty and interestingly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted this prayer for him for Battle of Kondak was like the last major battle that the Muslims fought with the Quraysh so he did not witness any other battle after that but then the um, injury lasted for like a month and they saw that oh they could not cure this and he was just waiting for his time and at the end he saw what happened to Banu Kuriro and just shortly after maybe like two days after he died so one last one Atala um, when Allah SWT decreed or commanded the he brought his command onto the disbelievers and the Muslims won the battle of Ahlab so they all went back to their houses we know the story then it was time 
for the Muslims to meet Ranukwela. Because our salam was about to off his armor and like you know that okay yes we finished this battle and okay. So next thing. Then the will came to meet him that if you are going to off your armor and you are going to stop war, just know that the angels have not stopped their battle and they are not going to stop until they attack Banukwila because immediately after Ahazab it means that Allah SWT was commanding Prophet to march forth to the, the um to march forth to the fort of Banukwila to their like yes their forts so you should go there and they should attack them for the tracing and the um the trial that they've done so that was when Prophet Salaam made the announcement that no Muslim was placed allowed to ask except in the fort of Banukwela and everyone had to go there. So by the time they got to Banukwela, they laid siege because those people they had, um, they used to have one kind of big fortress so you could not easily have um, access to it so they laid siege to them and after some period in time, those people knew that they could not, um, they could not withstand it, or they could not withhold that pressure. So they had to surrender. But then they had to surrender on a, they had to surrender on the condition, and the condition was that the Prophet Salam would not judge them. So they felt that Prophet Salam might not be just enough to judge them, or he doesn't have the right to. So Prophet Salam, being the Prophet, he accepted this. Um, proposal and he told them that would you love that your leader like one of their allies which is the leader of the house because the house is like the direct allies to Banukwela as I've said earlier so and the leader of the house of house that's Adumas so because that's that would you love that your ally one of your allies is the is the person that makes the judgment upon you it's like yes, we are doing that. They are totally pleased with it, and they are very happy that I is sad man because they believe that oh, all the moment and all the past things they feared would come into play this time around. Prophet Salam asked the companions to go and bring sad. By this time, sad was having a special treatment in Masjid of Prophet Salam. Prophet Salam instructed them to create a special care for him. In his mosque, <coughs> so they got to call Sad. And by the time they were going to the fortress of Anukwela, some of the companions, mostly the hypocrites, they were telling Sad that they you know that all these people they did this, they did that, and they were recounting the memories that they spent with them in the days of Jahiliya. And just so that sad will be lenient and they are telling sad that you don't have to be harsh with them because of someone has given you this opportunity you can just forgive them you can just be very very lenient with them in your like in your judgment and sad knew that he was about to die and there's something when you're about to die there's nothing you have to lose again let me say that this is a period where all that matters to me is for Allah to handle Allah to be pleased with me and it doesn't matter to me the criticism of the critics again because it was about to die, I was going to die in like in a few days maybe he doesn't do the exact day but he knows that at least it's not going to last two weeks again so he knew that there was nothing he 
he has to lose at this point and he should just do what will please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet and was not going to listen to any um, I was not going to listen to any external stuff from the hypocrites or the people that they had diseases in their hearts so by the time he got to the fortress of Ganukuriva Salam instructed the companions and said, Stand up to greet your leader. I was talking to the people also because Salam, they kind of are giving them an hint that Saad is the leader of the answer. They like maybe never mentioned it, but then they knew that oh, he was in a position to be to act like the leader of the answer. So when he said, it was just like a sign of respect that we should stand up and respect their leader. For he has come all the way from the Prophet's mosque to this fortress. And while he's sick, and they even they carried him and they brought him there. He was very, very weak. And like very close to death already. So, I told him that they have agreed that you judge on this issue like you are the judge of this issue and then it was then sad faced the people of Banuko River and said that are you swearing by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you have chosen me as your judge and you'll be pleased with whatever judgment I give and he said yes then he looked at the side of the Prophet of Salaam and not and not looking directly at the Prophet of Salaam because out of respect he had to give some um, he had to give some honor to Prophet Salaam, and he did not mention that. And Ya Rasulullah, you also agreeing that no, it is not like it is not so right to be saying that the Prophet and you are you also swearing that you would agree with everything I'm doing. So he just looked at the side of Prophet Salaam and just said, and this side too. And Prophet Salaam said yes. So it was time for his judgment. And what the sad decide? He said that. All their adult men should be executed, and their women, children, and properties should be seized and taken as war booties. And that was the judgment. And Prophet Salam said that by Allah, this is the decree of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This is what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala decreed, and that is exactly what they did. So they executed all adult men, and they took all their children and women and properties. Is. And within two days or a day after, Saad went back to his Lord. And then the priest came to meet Prophet Salam and he said, Who is this companion? Who is this your companion that has just died? Though Jubil knows the companion, but just as a form of informing Prophet Salam, just like the Hadith of Jubil when he said, I could be in the hand in Islam. He knows about Islam, but just as a form of informing him or wants to come and tell him something so that is why he asked that question in that way so who is this your companion that has just died because salam said sad and he said verily the doors of heavens have opened like all the doors of heaven has opened and the throne of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shook at the news of his death and the scholars have um deferred that the throne they concluded that it's very possible that the throne shook as a result of the sad news of sad and the anger that comes with it. Like, how would someone do this sad moment? Or the throne shook as a result of being happy to meet sad 
because really the soul of the matter would go directly to um, paradise and this was our last one that Allah blessed sad mouth and this because he died during the time of Prophet Salaam, he spent just seven years with him. He did not narrate any hadith, so but then we still hear of the blessings of sand. And when we check the stories and we see this story, we see that he was a very respected person and he had this great honor that last one that Allah gave, gave him. There was one day during like maybe the eight years after each other, like some four years or three years after his death. <coughs> Because wore a very beautiful robe and the companions were looking at him and they were very amazed that like, ah, this is so nice. And when Prophet knew that they were amazed by his robe, he said that, oh, you are amazed by this, that verily the handkerchief or the mendil of Sad in Janna, Sad Mual in Janna, is more beautiful, is more. Um, is like very very nice and very standard than this and very beautiful than this so you could have mentioned any matter you could have mentioned any because there are many muslims that have died in part of Allah and then just to like put some more how do i say some more emphasis on the blessings of sad and he mentioned sad specifically and said that the main deal of sad is better than this robe that he's wearing. And one day, um, Abu Said al Kudi related that it was one of those dog sands grave, and each time they dug out a layer of sand, that they would smell the musk coming out of the grave. And this was sad while the leader of the answer that he had a great, he had a great honor and a great level. Instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Prophet purely because of his deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because among those that would listen to stories like this and they would with that attain some certain level of honor and nobility in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the eyes of the righteous believers. Amen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.